0: four of the bill michaels show day number two of packers training camp off day today for the milwaukee brewers who are heading to beantown good day to you good day to you good stuff We're gonna hear from alan lazard coming up here in just a little bit uh, looking forward to that and we've got uh, some more stuff regarding brewers and uh also daniel snyder of the Washington Commanders and uh, Capitol Hill to report. So we'll kind of fill you in on that story as well. Uh, But joining us now from uh, Fox 6 in Milwaukee, uh, covering the Green Bay Packers, Lily Zhao now joining us at Lily, S-Z-H-A-O, at Lily Zhao over on Twitter. Lily, how you doing? Hey,
1: Bill. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I am doing extremely well. So um, give me the, the state of the state, if you were, Uh, regarding the Green Bay Packers, because we all know about the wide-receiving core. We all know about the offensive line. If you're going to go in with a level of concern, we'll say for the division, whether or not the Vikings can catch you, what is your level of concern?
1: Uh, I would say sorry to Vikings fans, I don't think there's a level of concern. Um, It's still Aaron Rodgers at the helm. It's still a very talented team. They've invested in defense. They've invested in special teams. They have a good receiving court without Devontae Adams. I think they're going to be another really good team this season because, again, they have those foundational pieces outside of Devontae Adams, of course, but they have those young guys who are going to get reps during training camp to make up for Tays' absence. And obviously you can't fill a role that he had on the field, but they have enough guys to, to get the job done. So my level of concern is very low at this point. Again, it's still early, but, you know, we'll kind of see what everybody looks like with the pads on. But encouraging so far with the first two days of camp.
0: So the offensive line, we all know David Bakhtiari not ready, and we don't know if he's going to be ready week one. Um, the Without Elton Jenkins, who apparently is ahead of schedule, which is great news, but with the depth issues on the offensive line, is there a level of concern there?
1: I would say, yeah, there's a level of concern considering, you know, David's been out since December, 2020. He's had three procedures now on that knee. So that's not encouraging. And, you know, even himself, he said it's kind of been a nightmare in terms of that recovery, but it all depends on when he can get back on the field. However, at least it's happening at this time during training camp where Matt LaFleur can kind of reshuffle that offensive line. We saw Zach Tom get some work working at left tackle today moving Yash Iman over to right tackle. So those those younger guys are getting experience at the tackle positions. They're reshuffling up front to see kind of what the best combination would be because, again, we do not know when Bakhtiari will be able to play. And, again, since Elton Jenkins is still not even a year out yet from that ACL, it's not a big question of when he can come back. So, again, there is concern with what, you know, when David could come back. But, again, they're not concerned that he won't ever play pro football again. It's just – when he does make it back on the field, can he be as productive as he was when he signed that massive contract? So I still have faith that David Bassiari is still going to be one of the best you know, left tackles in the game when he does make it on the field. But I guess now it's you're channeling that concern into, OK, what do we have with these young guys that are currently at camp right now, learning all five positions? And I think that's what they're focusing on right now.
0: Without Mason Crosby right now participating in camp, obviously you're going to get a look at, at Gabe. I can't remember the guy's last name, how to pronounce it. But that being said, I, I don't think there's any chance, unless of course he doesn't heal right, that Mason Crosby's not your kicker come you know week one or at least come you know early on in this uh, in this training camp season. I think he'll be back out sooner rather than later but Crosby is getting a little bit older. Give me your thoughts on Mason Crosby and the knee issue that he had this offseason and the cleanup that he had done right after the OTAs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you, you never want to have, uh, you know, your kicker not be able to be on the field, and I think he said having a couple preseason games off is not going to hurt him because he's been, you know, such a vet in this game, but again, he's the one guy where, You know, when he's been at his best, he's been spectacular for this team. And we saw that dip in production last year. And you're hoping that just that year is wiped out. And, you know, he has a clean slate heading into this season and can be back into, you know, the Mason Crosby that we all know and love in the field. And he's making all those, you know, 50-yard field goals. But, you know, I know he had his right knee scoped out a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I don't think there's a high level of concern because I think he's confident he'll be back out there and, and be just fine. And now with, you know, even more emphasis on that, um, you know, the special team unit and, you know, the work that they have in terms of kicking, I think everything will be OK. Again, you know, they're investing in special teams with Rich Casaccia, So it, it's going to be really fun to see what that unit can do, considering all the you know blunders that we saw last year. But I don't think there's any sort of concern right now with Crosby. I think once he gets back on the field, everything will kind of shape back into form.
0: Uh, I want to ask you. We we don't talk. We talk a lot about the special teams, but we don't talk specifics. But who do you think ends up returning kicks and punts?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I know we we saw like we saw a couple of those. Uh, you know, they're talking about you know veterans. Are they going to do it? And you know, Amari Rodgers was slated in that role. I, I'm kind of curious to see though if Amari Rodgers is back in that role. I know he struggled with that last year. It, it can he do it? Can he gain the confidence? to be the guy that this team knows he can be in terms of special teams. Cause that was kind of, you know, one of the things that they liked about him that, you know, that special teams production returning kicks. Um, maybe it's a guy like him. Maybe he has that extra confidence this season to, to really get things done. But I, you know, I know they were talking about, Oh, maybe having veterans do, you know, return kicks. But at this point, I think with what Rich Passaccia wants to do with this special teams unit, it's all hands on deck, but I, Again, I'm very curious to see what a guy like Amari Rodgers can do and if he can better himself if he is put in that position to return some kicks this year.
0: Yeah, I, I think just through Basaccia, you're going to see a, a better special teams play this year. I know that there's a lot of optimism for it, but I think, uh, Matt, don't you think Matt LaFleur, at least from some of his comments, is going to commit more resources personnel wise to special teams to make that better since it was so, such an embarrassing third of their team in the postseason?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, I can tell you this from hearing the guys talk about Rich, Rich Passaccia, from what LaFleur has said about Rich Passaccia. I mean, this guy is just, you know, he's, he's thunderous. He's, he doesn't hold back. He's got, you know, a lot of fun opinions. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, I think it's, it's going to be fun to watch this season because, again, we've talked about how special teams, despite who was the coordinator, it's always, it's always kind of fallen behind the offense and the defense. You know, there hasn't been a year in a while where, Special teams has really shined. I think that maybe takes a turn for the better this season. Again, they're investing a lot in it. They hired a guy who turned the Raiders around. So I think this could be a very special year in terms of special teams and the guys that they have on that unit who are specializing and making this team get better field position when they get the ball. I think this is the year, though, Bill, a hot take that this could be a very fun year to watch on special teams. And it will not be a repeat of what we saw last year when the Packers
0: were bounce in the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to write that down. And that way I give you complete credit <laughs> for it as somebody to say that first because uh, a, a fun year can be riding, rising to maybe 25th in the National Football League. If they get within the top 15, I think yeah. we'll all be dancing in the streets. Talking with Lily Zhao, <laughs> Fox 6 out of Milwaukee, and Lily, L-I-L-Y-S Zhao, Z-H-A-O, over there on Twitter. So, uh, we talked a lot about the special teams. Talk defensively speaking. There's a lot of optimism this, that this thing might be as good as uh, maybe since 2010, 2011 when they actually won a Super Bowl. And that, that's a heavy weight to carry. My question is, do they have the depth to carry that? Not that the starters aren't good, but do they have the depth to carry that?
1: Uh, I mean, I think that's what they're hoping for, right? I, I think when you're looking at the defensive back group, I mean, I think they're pretty deep. I think they have a very, very talented db group their corners are really really good you know their safeties are coming along behind adrian amos um i think this is a very talented team you got you know you got kenny clark some more help up front with uh wyatt so i think they have the core pieces with the veterans like you mentioned but i think they're developing they you know they drafted enough guys defensively behind these core veterans that they, you know, have the potential to be a very special defense. You bring in Rasul Douglas, you bring back Devondre Campbell. Those are really core pieces that you need that can make game-changing plays. But again, a Quay Walker, Devontae White, can those guys really develop when the pads come on to, you know, have any sort of meaningful playing time on the field? I think so. I mean, that's why they were drafted so high. They had really good careers in college. You know, I think this is going to be a very, very good defense. And, you know, I think it's going to be one, you know, that they can make a lot of plays. And, you know, you have a guy like Jair Alexander. He wasn't healthy all last year. So it's for a majority of last season. So what can he do now that he's back and fully healthy? You know, I think this is a really good group. I think they're they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because, you know, these guys are always talking about we can always get better. Um, So to answer your question, I think there is going to be depth, you know, after training camp gets wrapped up. I think it's going to be a very, very uh, fun and sound defense.
0: Well, offensively, I want to go back to it. I know that Alan Lazard got a lot of praise. Romeo Dubs has looked extremely good. And Dubs, by the way, is the guy that I picked to be maybe the, the guy that stands out the most uh, this season. I don't know if Christian Watson's going to be that guy just yet. I know he's got a ton of talent. But with the receiving room, I, I know Brian Goodkin said the receiving room they're, they're happy with. And unless things change, they're not going to go out and make a deal right now. Your thoughts on the receiving room? You know, it's
1: You know, whenever you lose a future Hall of Famer like Devontae Adams it's you know how can you regain that productivity and you know in terms of, you know he's always drawing two three guys on the field when he was on the field for the Packers so how do you really replace that you can't really replace it however you can get those guys, those newer guys, the ones that were drafted, like a Romeo and Christian Watson whenever he gets back. Um, you know, Mr. Torre, they can get those guys up to speed. Will it be Devontae Adams-like numbers? Probably not. However, I still think they can be productive. You know, you still have Randall Cobb. You still have Alan Mozart, Those guys will really carry this offense. But I, I do think one of those youngsters – will be the X factor for this team. And, you know, you brought up Romeo. I think he could be that guy. And, again, it's still early, but, you know, he's making those contested catches at practice. He's high-pointing the ball. I think he could have a very special year. I think, you know, one of those youngsters could be that X factor for this team this year offensively. Um, And, I, you know, while Devontae will be missed, I think they will still be good enough in the wide receiver room to say, You know, we love Devontae, we're sad he's gone, but we're able to make up that production on the field.
0: Before I let you go, I'm I'm watching numerous, you know, NFL Live and NFL Today and Good Morning Football, and they're all talking about the Packers offense changing dramatically and how it's going to go to this run-oriented offense. I've been saying all along it's not going to change dramatically. What you're going to see is probably more movement, more motion, more working to get guys open, scheming to get guys open. But you're not taking the ball out of the hands of 12. You're back-to-back MVP. Do you agree with that?
1: I I agree with you there, Bill. I, I don't think this offense is going to be a, oh, we're just going to hand the ball off and have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones get 50 reps a game, even though I'm sure they would love that, right? Um, I think it's still going to be a very balanced offense because, again, like you mentioned, it's Aaron Rodgers. This offense is not going to be purely run motivated when you have a passer to his, with his caliber. So I think, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of motion, a lot of just misdirection like we saw last year, maybe perfected even more this year. And because um, when you have younger guys running it, a lot of jet sweeps potentially, I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're still going to see a lot of deep passes and, you know, We'll see who that replacement MVS guy can be. But I still think there's going to be some deep shots that they take, and and they're going to work in the run and have A.J. and Aaron Jones, you know, work them in the passing game. But I don't think we're going to see a dramatic change offensively without Devontae Adams. It might be a little bit more run, but I don't think we're going to see anything uh, dramatic.
0: Lily, great stuff. Great to have you on the program. We'll get back to you soon, okay?
1: Awesome. Thank you, Bill.
0: Thanks so much. There you go. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 out of Milwaukee, dropping some knowledge, talking Packers football, L-I-L-Y-S-Z-H-A-O, at Lily Zhao over there on Twitter. You can follow her there. Good, good stuff. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L, a quality machining and manufacturing company right here in the state of Wisconsin. It's in New Berlin, Wisconsin. And if you are looking, by the way, to work with this company uh, as another manufacturer, as somebody who needs metal parts and metal products, they're great. However, if you're looking to work for them, it's not just a job. It's a career. They really want people to take ownership of the company. And they're looking for good people and overpaying to get good people. Go to Pindel, P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindel.com, P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindel.com, right here in our own backyard, New Berlin, Wisconsin. Tell them we sent you, but they're good, good people looking for really good people. Stay tuned to more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Want to remind you, coming up on Sunday, September 4th, we are going to be riding for uh, veterans, for military members, their families, and we can't do it without you. Can't do it without you. Got some great sponsors along for the ride this year, pardon the pun, but uh, obviously our friends at Bud Light have been with us a long time. Milwaukee Brewing, which is where we're going to stage the ride this year. Uh, the, The registration on site that day opens up at 11, or excuse me, opens up at 8 and kickstands up at 11. Uh, escorted out by the Milwaukee County and Milwaukee uh, City Police Departments. And we just a a tremendous ride. It's about 75, 80 miles, three stops, and then a hell of a party afterwards. And uh, pre-registration prizes that are really, really cool and very, very valuable, as a matter of fact, uh, which is awesome. But also uh, a 75-inch big-screen TV is the prize for the winning poker hand, beer for a year, among other things. And we can't do it without some of our other sponsors that came on board. Our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino are awesome. They really stepped up this year, and we certainly appreciate them uh, being a part of it and supporting veterans. Also, our friends at GrowthLaw, G R O T H, growthlaw.com, growthlaw.com, one of the top biker uh, defense attorneys and injury attorneys in the country. And uh, they're right here in our own backyard. So go to growthlaw.com. Also, our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway. Uh, an awesome place, a lot of fun, whether it's family, um, guys, girls, whatever it happens to be, car enthusiasts, motorcycle enthusiasts, speed enthusiasts, Great Lakes Dragway, tremendous place to go. And also, our friends at Buzzard Billy's out in Lacrosse, uh, they stepped up this year and said, Hey, we got a lot of veterans in this area. We got a lot of people who ride. They come into town for the ride, so we'd like to support it. So, our friends at Buzzard Billy's out there in Lacrosse, which I will be stopping at here in a few weeks and uh, breaking a little bread over there as well, or at least having one of those margaritas. That's for damn sure. But thanks to all of them uh, for being a part of this and, and coming on board because we cannot do it without you. Also, thanks to the Rock Complex and the Sports Complex down in Franklin, Alpine Valley, both the uh, chalet, obviously, and then the uh, the uh, the uh, amphitheater, and then our friends at Knucklehead. Knucklehead is just a, a fun place, great bar right there in Eagle Uh, And it's right on that corner. They pretty much bought the entire block now. They have got tremendous food, really good food, not just bar food, but good food. So thanks to Knucklehead as well, and obviously our friends over there at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. But please get pre-registered for this thing. Get registered now. Simply go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. You can follow all the details there, Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Or if you want to just go straight to the link, Simply go to uh, fisherhousewi.org, click on the events page, and it's right there, fisherhousewi.org, and click on the events page. By the way, I'm putting out the call now. We need about 10 people. If you're part of a ride chapter, what have you, we need about 10 people to help stage bikes. So we're looking for the volunteer group to kind of grow a little bit, just to stage them uh, between the hours of 8 a.m. and 11 uh, a.m., just to stage them. And then if you want to ride with us, ride with us. I mean, if you're going to go anyway. But we just need about 10 people to help stage bikes, which is, uh, it continues to grow. So we've got about 800 bikes is what we're expecting this year. Hopefully, knock on wood, the weather's great. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. So thank you so much. Um, Alan Lazard, um, I- I- I wanna, we're going to hear from him coming up here after the bottom of the hour. We've got a lot to still get to today. So we're going to talk with Alan, or hear from Alan Lazard Coming up. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's go to our buddy Mike, listening to us in West Dallas. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's going on?
2: I'm doing good. How's it going, Bill? Doing well. What's on your mind? Yeah. So, I, you know, just listening to some of the comments, you know, the last few days, I, I have some real concerns about uh, Gudekunst, Matt LaFleur, and Aaron Rodgers. This notion that they're basically anointing Alan Lazard to be the number one ride, uh, wide receiver uh, before mm-hmm. they even finish training camp. And here's why. You know, he he went undrafted for a reason, right? There were questions about his quickness, his speed, and that's why he didn't get drafted, and I think those questions still remain. You know, his limited production in this league comes from largely being schemed open uh, by Matt LaFleur and having a Hall of Fame wide receiver uh, on the other side. You know, his best attribute is blocking. You know, how can you be a number one when your best attribute is being a good blocking wide receiver? And, you know, I look at the NFC playoff teams from last year, Bill, you know, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Buccaneers, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. I look at their depth charts in terms of wide receiver. I look at Alan Lazard. I don't think he would ever see the field uh, if he was on any of those teams based off what they have at wide receiver. So I just want to know, is there something that I'm missing here uh, in in regards to Alan Lazard? You know, I, I think Dubs and Watson are far more talented uh, and have a lot more potential. And just in the 2019 draft alone, we saw Devo Samuel, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. There's a couple other guys that I'm missing that none of those guys were first-round picks, and they all had over 800 yards in their first year and right. were difference makers in year one. So this isn't the 1990s anymore. Guys are making an impact in year one, and I just feel like they're really selling Dubs and watching short for ultimately what they could accomplish this year. And I I just don't understand this love affair with, with Alan Lazard. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that.
0: No, I completely agree with you. Look, I think Alan Lazard is good. I don't think Alan Lazard is great. And that's, that's the difference is that I think while he is a good uh, wide receiver and serviceable, I don't think he's the best, the most top notch wide receiver there is because I, Otherwise, we would have seen it, right? I mean, you know, yeah. he, he t- yeah, that's just it. We would have seen it. So i I really think, I mean, my opinion is, is that I think he's going to be good, but I don't necessarily think that he is going to be uh, like great, like many people are kind of picking, so to speak. So we'll see. I mean, but I'm with you. I'm like, uh, I've got my arms folded saying, show me something. I mean, if if he was great, don't – now, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of plays in that uh, the NFC pay- playoffs when they force the ball to Devontae Adams where Al Azar's yeah. wide open. So, yeah. I, I'm, you know, he can get open, but I don't think he has overwhelming speed. I don't think he has overwhelming leaping ability unless he's become an incredibly crisp route runner all of a sudden. Uh, I don't think he's like this uh, elusive cat that can get downfield. Nobody can hang with him. So, But I, I'm with you. I, I think just because of osmosis, because he's the guy that's there, he's anointed as this number one, and they're expecting big things from him. Granted, he's been giving you on average about 50 catches a year, but for him to go from good to average to great, he's got to go to about 85 to 90 catches a year and get you well over 1,000 yards. I don't know if he can do that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no, I I hear you, Bill. And and this isn't me just ragging on Alan Lazard. I think he's a decent player. He's a solid role player. Keyword, role player. Not not a star player. You know, he has 1,500 yards in four years receiving in this league with the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's when they didn't really have a clear-cut number two the last four years. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have a prime Randall Cobb or James Jones or, or Greg Jennings to be that number two. And Lazard really didn't emerge until last year and even you know I, you put up number three type numbers and i just think that they're asking a role player to be a star player it would be like the bucks saying grace and allen hey you're a, you're a decent role player you're a solid role player we want you to go ahead and, and be the guy for us we want you to lead this offense you know to a, a championship that that's what i would compare it to that's that's right. where my concern comes in i would prefer it if they were like you know what We like what we have in this room. There's a lot of potential. You know, obviously, the guys that have been here in the past have the upper hand. But we want to see how this shakes out, you know, during training camp and who really emerges as the number one. I would just prefer that type of attitude from Matt, from Goody, and from Rogers before anointing Lazard as the number one. That's all.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I would completely agree, man. Appreciate the phone call. Good, Good call as always, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Look, I, I agree with him. I think there's um, the, I, and I'm not ragging on Alan Lazard by any stretch of the imagination. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying he's good. But if he was great, we probably would have seen it. You know what I mean? We would have seen something by now. That well I mean, I think Alan Lazard is um is average to above average. Maybe that that's all there is. Average to above average. But I don't think he's he's great. And some people are looking at him going, Oh, well, they're fine. Alan Lazard, he's he's good, no big deal. He he's he's great. See, I don't I don't I don't look at it like that. Not at all. I look at Alan Lazard as a very serviceable receiver. You know, his uh his best year um, was let's see here. His best year when it comes to uh, receiving. Uh, really was last year forty catches. So forty catches out of sixty targets they thrown to him on average fifty times. Uh, 2019 he had thirty five catches, 2020 he had thirty three. Forty catches last year for five hundred and thirteen yards, average twelve point eight yards per catch. The year before was thirteen point seven. The year before that was thirteen point six. Had eight touchdowns last year though, which is not bad. Not bad but the the catches are going ha- to in in that 15 16 game realm are going to have to go from 40 to about 80 if you think that he's going to be this this breakout guy if that makes sense i i just i i, I don't know i don't necessarily see it i don't see it Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 1670 Give me your thoughts on that. When we come back, we will hear from Alan Lazard, who had a chance to catch up. uh, And Mike Clemens actually caught up with him. But uh, they had a chance to chat a little bit. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Nice Ash uh, downtown uh, Waukesha. 323 West Main Street. Good cigar bar. Good entertainment. Good scotches, brandies, bourbons. You name it. They've got some high-end stuff down there and just some everyday stuff down there. Plus beers and all that kind of stuff. Hookah but stop in the niceash.com that's the niceash.com and as they say get your ash in here more of the bill michael show coming up next ready this is the bill michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network Shall we continue on? Glad to have you. As always, good stuff today. Woo! By the way, our own Mike Clemens brought you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable. The Bay Family Restaurant right there as well. Homestyle cooking all the time. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Before we hear from Alan Lazard coming up here momentarily, Let's get back to the phones. Go to Ryan listening to us in Eau Claire. Ryan, how you doing today, man? What's up? Great. Uh, how are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. What's on the, What's Thanks. on your mind?
3: Thanks. Uh, well, I just wanted to vote for Alan Lazard. I think uh, um, I, myself, I don't see him as serviceable. I do see the potential to be a, a big-time number one. Um, if you're looking at the numbers over the years, uh, we've never had a guy who flashed initially like Anquan Bolden back in the day or Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. All of our guys, Sterling Sharp, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Devontae, Burn. Um, now, I can say for Lazard, whenever he's been given the opportunity, he's made the most of it, and he's flashed. If you look closer at the numbers, he has a high, high percentage of first downs and touchdowns per catch. Um, I see big plays when I see the guy. I see big plays when he gets the opportunity. Um, I don't think serviceable. I think serviceable, I think Malik Taylor. Like, in a pinch, if, if numbers go down, guys get hurt, and we had to play with Malik. He strikes me as a serviceable guy who, like, knows the offense, and he's not going to kill us and be like a, a detriment. Uh, mm-hmm. But I see Lazard. I see Lazard having like big time potential. I think he could. I think he'd make the leap. I think he'd be a number one. I think like that's what I've seen on the field.
0: Okay, I, you know what? I hope he ends up being so. You would put him. He's not great. He's above average. Is that a good? Is that a good area category that you would put him in?
3: I would say he's above average with potential to be more than above average. Like I can see him really um, making the leap to being like a top receiver in the league. Um, And I I don't want to, you know, say, well, just because he came in as a free agent or he's a nobody. um, We've seen plenty of guys come in. Donald driver seventh round. He had to wait a few years. Donald driver didn't play for a few years. Um, And look at what he did with his career. I don't see anything in Alan Lazard. Uh, He's not limited physically. Um, He seems to have the trust of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I I don't think he's a slow guy. I don't know. I just don't see why why we would put a ceiling on him.
0: I don't think there's a ceiling. I just don't think that the ceiling itself is going to be – I mean, if you say it's unlimited, I don't necessarily think that. I think there are limitations. But – Uh, sometimes it's just about the ability to get free. And maybe if he just becomes really good technique-wise and with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, he elevates. And I I could agree with you on that, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I I just hope so. I mean, I think we got a lot of guys who could. We don't know who's going to really emerge until it happens. Um, But I think Rodgers is going to be a good way to – he's going to be a heck of a helper. You make him somebody a number one, that's for sure. None better.
0: Yep, no doubt. Man, appreciate the phone call, man. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board, Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 867 1670 Speaking of Alan Lazard, Mike Clemens, our own Mike Clemens, caught up with him in the discussion uh, with the media about uh, coming into this training camp and obviously not having Devontae Adams alongside. Let's take a listen to what Alan Lazard had to say coming up from yesterday.
4: I moved back to Iowa, Des Moines, born and raised, and I went back up to Iowa State. Um, while I went to school, I had those guys did a phenomenal job taking care of me. Um, from a conditioning workout standpoint i was able to work out with the team there so i was able to kind of get two birds and one stone you know I was just getting my personal benefit but i was also getting the competition and like teaching those guys as well what's your
1: opinion on the current state of this wide receiver room and do you feel like you could be wide receiver one in this room without Devontae?
4: absolutely absolutely you know I'd, i've never wavered on uh, the belief in myself to be able to step up you know. Obviously, when Devonte was here, um, his talent is <laughs> extreme. It's tremendous. You know, Und- undoubtedly he's the best wide receiver in the league right now. Und- undoubtedly, he's the best wide receiver in the league right now. It um, probably will be for a while, but um, that doesn't mean. Last seven months. Um, so I moved back to Iowa, Des Moines, born and raised. And I went back up to Iowa State, um, While I went to school at. Had- those guys did a phenomenal job taking care of me. Um, from a conditioning workout standpoint, I was able to work out with the team there. So I was able to kind of get two birds in one stone. You know, I was just getting my personal benefit, but I was also getting the competition and, like, teaching those guys as well. What's your
1: opinion on the current state of this wide receiver room? And do you feel like you could be wide receiver one in this room with no Devontae?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I've never wavered on... Uh, the belief in myself, would be able to step up. You know, obviously when Devontae was here, um, his talent is <laughs> extreme, is tremendous. You know, um, und- undoubtedly he's the best wide receiver in the league right now, um, and probably will be for a while. But um, that doesn't mean that I'm far behind him from that standpoint. And, and I learned a lot from him. He's taught me a lot, not on the field, but off the field, and how to carry himself as a professional and as a man as well. So I'm um, thankful for my time with him. But you know, things move on and. Is a, it's a different age now. Do you feel yourself stepping into a leadership role right now? Absolutely, but I've, I've I've taken on a leadership role, you know, probably two years ago or so. I think I got a lot of respect for the guys in this locker room, um, the coaches and, and around the league as well.
5: And do you do you in the NFL you have an opportunity? What do you
4: feel your opportunity is for uh, What do they give me? You know I think that's what the NFL is. It's you only get about sixty plays or so on offense, so you gotta run the ball sometimes, you gotta pass the ball and not every passing go to every wide receiver so as far as capitalizing on those opportunities and make it possible. This team is no stranger to national
2: attention, but obviously a lot of eyes are going to be back on this offense this season. What's it going to be like with that kind of pressure?
1: To just see that, know that everyone's watching.
4: I mean, playing for the Green Bay Packers is a high standard, high expectations every single year, whether it's this year or it's, you know, 2019 when I first got here, so I don't see it any differently. You know, I, I see that no matter who's out there, the 11 people on the field, they have a standard to uphold, and if they don't do that, then there's changes that need to be it's the expectation is to bring the Lombardi Trophy back home where it belongs. And we failed the past few years, and, you know, this our goal won't change this year at all. How is the shape
5: of that leadership to take, to take the shape
4: coming into the season? Oh. Uh, I think it's just a lot of uh, just beginner-level stuff of just, you know, going about meetings, individual Taking that individual teaching, coaching, and applying it to the team here, um, and just you know, being an overall pro. We got a lot of young guys in that room, um, and yeah, I think it's just you know, learning learning those guys, and, and it's really maximizing the, the most out of them and their ability. It's not we need you to be this person. It's you know, we need you to be the best version of yourself and figure out how you can help out this team in whatever way possible. Alan, what kind of your first chance to see
1: some those rookies and are your first
4: yeah, I mean, one day of practice, it's hard to really tell of like, everything. Um, limited reps, and you get a lot better feel when you watch film. You know, you see something live on, on the field, and, you know, Dobbs, Dobbs had a few good plays today, um, and a couple of other guys, too, but... I think it's just a, it's a growing process, a learning process. You know, we have 14 practices, well 13 now, before we get our first preseason game. So, it's just about as far as improving every single day um, to go out there and perform well. Alan, what does it take? What does it take for you to earn 12's trust, and how, how do you think these rookies will do that? Consistency. I think that's the biggest thing. Consistency. If he knows where you're going to be, if he knows that how you're going to run your route um, and all that, I think that's probably the biggest thing. And just working hard. And you just got to show them that you care. And I think that was my biggest thing when I first came here is that. I just wanted to earn his respect. I knew earning his respect was showing up every single day, working my ass off, and being consistent. And I think gradually, as time went on, we you know we built this chemistry and it kept growing from that.
3: I gotta ask you about a specific play today. Deep ball down the middle. You, you beat Adrian on that on that high point. Yeah. What does that take? Would you been able to do that last
4: year? How has that shown your growth as the wide receiver, both in the route running standpoint and at the catch standpoint? Oh, I don't think it's anything different from my past. You know, I, I've been a big receiver. I've always high-pointed the ball, especially on deep balls. Um, Adrian's obviously a great player and, and, and made a tremendous play. It just happened to, the ball landed on my leg, and I was able to kind of scoop up and, and, and make a, a good play. But I think it's more so just Aaron sees the play. It wasn't the best look that we wanted for that specific play. And you know he's like, well, who should I throw it to really? And just kind of just really put a lollipop up there, <laughs> a, a moonshot, and just kind of you know, see, just, just see what the results are, you know. I think that's something that we really do and emphasize in practice, and especially at minicamp, um, for him just to see, you know, are you able to make those plays? Can I trust you in this situation? Because if it's 3rd and 10, you know, we're backed up on the 40-yard line, he may just do that because it's a one-on-one play. And that, that's the those type of plays are the momentum shifters. In the game.
0: There you go, Alan Lazard uh, talking to the media yesterday and feeling like, look, I, I can come in, I can fill in, uh, he's not going to be Devonte, but he says, uh, he has, I mean, what are you going to say at this time of year though? Right? I mean, you like the confidence. You want him to have confidence. You want him to feel good. You don't want him to come in and go, Bush, boy, boy, it's going to be hard to replace Devonte." I don't think we can do that. You know, no, come in and say, look, I, am going to be the best I can be. I'm going to come in and do good things. I'm going to be ready to go. All that kind of stuff. So, uh, Alan Lazard meeting with the media yesterday Inside the the uh, locker room after Packers uh, the Packers' first training camp session, so good good stuff there. A um, couple of things. Uh, when uh, I first of all, I want to go back to the emails. Our buddy Steve says uh, going back to the uh, Brewers and the trade deadline. He said, as far as that's concerned, I think the idea of Josh Bell is good, but I think they might go after Brian Reynolds. Uh, that could make more sense. He has decent bat, but also can fill the void in center field left by Low Last I looked, he is hitting 254, 15 dingers, and an OPS, or an on base percentage of 335. He could be a great addition, and the crew did try to trade for him last year. Don't forget, uh, great 5 1 homestand. Now a 4 2 or 3 3 road trip will be great. Uh, 12 game start to the uh, second half of the season. That's our buddy Steve listening to us in Richfield. They did try to trade for him last year. It's interesting because there's a lot of like just little rumors starting to kind of emerge you're waiting for juan soto to fall, you're waiting for some of the sub pieces to fall as well to find out what the value is going to be for otani, for, for soto, uh, ben Intendi, obviously is now off to uh, the new york uh, yankees. They made the move for him last night. So uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date, but a lot of rumors floating around right now about the Milwaukee Brewers, but more so what they can afford. Uh, because obviously you're you're you know, if you're the Brewers, you want to get a guy with you know, the ability to have them for a year or two with options. That's their primary goal. Uh, but I, it, it's not like the Brewers to find a rental player for three months, but I don't think uh, with this team right now the way it is, out of the realm of possibility. So uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got a lot more to get to. Don't forget about our friends at San Giorgio, downtown Milwaukee, some of the best Italian food you're ever going to put in your grill. San Giorgio Calderon Club. Don't forget, uh, sit-down Italian meal or San Giorgio, which is authentic Napolitano pizzeria. Really, really good stuff. They pair it up down there with Cider Boys from Point Brewing, and uh, they got such a good thing going down there. Go in and say hi to Gino. I just saw that that whole thing was on, I think it was one of the local television stations when they are out and about, talking about success stories and successful restaurants in downtown Milwaukee. Also, Benefactors of some of the new things that are going in, the new hotel going up next to the Pfizer Forum, obviously the RNC coming here, so some really, really good stuff uh, regarding our buddy Gino and the whole gang down there at Calderon Club and San Giorgio. Stop in, tell them we said hi. Going to wrap things up. Coming up next in the This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs>
5: Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held their first practice in helmets and shorts. All the players, except the quarterbacks, now wearing a padded headgear over their helmets in practice. The NFL trying to cut down on concussions. One player not participating is rookie wide receiver Christian Watson, who's on the PUP list after minor knee surgery last month. Will it be hard for him to learn from the sidelines? Packers head coach Matt LaFleur.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be a challenge. No question, because there's nothing like reps, especially full-speed
0: reps. I think Christians, he's been pretty impressive in terms of how fast
2: he was able to pick everything up. He's working hard, but there's still nothing like those those game reps, whether it's preseason reps or practice reps.
5: Left tackle David Bakhtiari had another procedure on his knee during OTAs. Now Aaron Rodgers suffered a torn ACL while playing basketball in high school. How concerned is he for his friend Bakhtiari? Well, I mean as somebody who's had a knee injury since they were 16 years old, I know how difficult rehab can be and, for, and different procedures and maybe never feeling like it's 100%, but I think Dave has learned a lot over the last year about his knee and about how to take care of it the best that he can. And another player on the pup is place kicker mason crosby
4: i had a little my knee got a little tweaked there in uh, in otas and uh just trying to manage that so did that require surgery yeah i did it was you know just a you know a minor scope thing uh you know it's i, I like to say it's like an oil change you know <laughs> that's packers kicker
5: mason crosby from training camp in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show
0: They snowed from Kathy and her husband, Dave, who uh, stopped out last week. They went to Wednesday Night Live. But prior to that, they stopped over on 84th Street to the Wrestling Taco. And uh, obviously, no Wednesday Night Live last night. But last week, it was good. They said they had a great time. Had, had a great time. Could not believe that they actually have theater seating uh, inside the restaurant for the big screen TV, which hangs on the wall. So if you want to sit there and eat some tacos and drink a margarita and watch sports, you can. But they had a great time and they said thanks for the heads up. They didn't even know it was there. That's it. Uh, we do a lot of that for some small businesses, and I don't want to say small business in the sense that it's a bad thing, but it's you know it's not massive chain restaurants or box stores. So we try to take care of those who uh, take care of us, and uh, we got a lot of great people we work with. And the wrestling taco. Uh, on 84th street is one of them so i want to remind you next week when you're heading out to the wisconsin state fair say you want to go get something to eat before you get to the fair so that way you're not eating stuff on a stick all day or maybe after after you've been out walking around in the sun and a few beverages head down to the wrestling taco right there in west Dallas on 84th street a couple of blocks block and a half south of the uh, the main state fair corner right there so stop in and tell marcus and nicole and Everybody that you, you heard it here, uh, because we try to push as many good people as we can into good establishments, and they're one of them. What makes sense this season, specifically the preseason? A lot of talk about whether or not Aaron Rodgers, who has not played a snap in the preseason since 2018. Matt LaFleur, though, did discuss the possibility this year. He says Aaron Rodgers playing in the preseason game is i think what he said is kind of up for discussion and with all the new receivers obviously faces doing different things um he says that the discussion uh you know hasn't really taken place yet but he didn't shut the door on the possibility what makes this season different than the last three basically is the packers could look very different this year offensively because you've got different receivers, new receivers, receivers trying to emerge, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, both on the pup list right now, but you're trying to get those guys back. Romeo Dubbs is a rookie. You've got new guys, new faces and new guys that you're kind of relying upon. And obviously there's risks. We all know this. There's risks to letting a quarterback play. Hell, we just saw the Pro Bowl center for the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a non-contact drill go down with a season-ending injury, or at least what's believed to be a serious injury, which would almost require season-ending surgery. But the risk is there. And the Packers, they've had some bad luck with playing starters in the preseason before in 2015. You lost Jordy Nelson, tore his ACL. They were without him the whole year. And if LaFleur has Rodgers play, it's going to be hard to imagine Aaron Rodgers playing more than a couple of series. So the question is, do you need the extra reps? Do you need to get a little bit of a look or do you just say, you know what, what we're getting in practice is by far enough to know exactly what it is we have, but that's the discussion that's going on right now. So whether or not you would play Aaron Rodgers uh, and going back to when we discussed earlier about the differences in training camp, normally you're by all means man, you're sending out your starters and you're getting them worked on and you're getting them banging around and all that kind of stuff. Now, with the money and with the value specifically when it comes to a quarterbacks as we know it's a quarterback-driven league league in the NFL. Do you really want to do that? You know? So that's it's something that Matt LaFleur is kind of kicking around right now and they have not, they have yet to uh to have that to have that discussion. So Now we're up to uh, wait and see status, but it's going to be a hell of a debate. Hell of a debate. Can't believe that's it. It seems like we just got started. I I had to look up and I was like, holy mackerel, we're in the last hour of the show. And sure enough, here we are at the end of this thing. Good stuff. Uh, Brewers off tonight, back at it tomorrow in Beantown. We'll talk about that and preview it. Mike Clemens for a, a full hour just about of the program tomorrow as well. Plus, we'll hear more from inside the locker room. More of Packers training camp getting underway. Ben, go enjoy. Well, who, somebody getting married? Who's get, you got a wedding coming up? My cousin this weekend. Can't wait. All right. It's not marrying another cousin, is it? No. No, no. Okay, just checking. There you go. So Ben's off tomorrow. Rowdy will be in. We'll have a good time. But uh, until we talk again, time for us to go. Have a going. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.